0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. If you will, go ahead and turn with me this morning. I'm gonna continue... ...on in my series, Living a Principled Life. I'm going to be going from 1 Corinthians 13 this morning as my primary text. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses 4 through 8 this morning. And we're talking about principles of relationship. Uh, Our series text is found in uh, Psalm 119 and 11. It says, "...your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, and teach me your statutes." If we learn the ways of God, our lives are so much better. If we will learn to operate in harmony with the way that God has put forth the the universal laws and the universal ways of of functionality for our lives, then we are so much better off. And that's what this whole uh, series has been about. It's about teaching us to live principled lives that follow after God's plan and do things the way God has instructed us to do them. When we transgress the ways of God, we cannot escape that unscathed. When you transgress the ways of God, you remove yourself from His provision and protection and you put yourself in the line of fire of the very enemy that you're trying to avoid and that you're trying to defeat. And so I encourage you as we go through this series that you apply these principles to your life. Watch what happens. Watch the changes that take place as you start to live with with the principles of God's word. And so today we're going to talk about, continue on. I want to preach the latter part uh, of a message I started a couple of weeks ago. And that is the principles of relationship. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you that is a vitally important verse for us to understand that you are the temple of God you are the temple of God not not a structure not a house of stone steel or bricks but you a flesh and blood vessel are the temple of God what you do with your life very much matters to the kingdom of God What you do in the way that you react to people around you and the way that you function in life, how you treat your temple very much matters to the kingdom of God. And so we're using the Old Testament temple model as a model of relationship. And we talked about the three levels of relationship based on that model. We have outer court relationships. Those are the the acquaintance. Those are people that we know that we would call them our friends but we're not close to them. And then we have the inner court relationships. These are people that that know more about us and that we actually do life with at some level. And then we talked about the, the most inner sanctum of relationships and that's that holy place relationships. These are our people that share our values. They share our way of life. They share our goals. They're the ones that are helping us accomplish our our purpose in life, and they're with us through it all. And so those are the people that that we're really talking about through this this series that I'm doing now, these two messages that I'm doing now, how to bring people into that place. And the, the question that I posed to you was, how do I find people who belong in my most inner circle? How do I find people who belong in that close place in my life, and how do I get the right people in there? How do I get the right people in there and the wrong people out? How do I know the difference? How do I identify people that belong really close to me? And and here's one thing that I said a couple of weeks ago that I want to say again, is that remember, surface things do not qualify people for deep places. Surface things do not qualify people for, for, for deep places. And so it doesn't matter. Looks isn't the qualifier for deep places. Coolness isn't the qualifier for deep places. You know, any of those kind of surface things are not qualifiers for deep places. You've got to have people that love you for who you are and are committed to you for who you are. Intimacy is always established in deep waters, not shallow waters. True intimacy is established in deep waters, not shallow ones. The people closest to you and in your inner circle have got to be people that love you dearly, care for you greatly, and respect you deeply. They love you dearly, they care for you greatly, and they respect you deeply. If they don't, they don't need to be in that inner court of your life, that inner sanctum of your life. They need to stay in the outer fringes of your life if they don't love you in the way that you deserve to be loved. And so let's talk about the context of what love looks like. The, uh, the, the biblical uh, version of love, the biblical definition of love is found in 1 Corinthians 13 and starting in verse 4. Love suffers long, it is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. This is the, the definition of love. I don't care what other definitions you can put with it. This is the definition of love. And don't forget that every person in this room deserves people in your life that will love you this way. I don't care what you've been through I don't care what your life looks like If you think you're dirtied up and messed up I'm telling you today that every person in this room Deserves to have people in your life That loves you just like this biblical definition expresses You deserve that You deserve that this morning Don't let the enemy tell you that you're not worthy of it Don't let the enemy tell you that you got to settle for less than that Because I've come to tell you today based on the word of God Every person in this place deserves to be loved in that way, Somebody say amen. 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 So don't settle for less than that. Don't settle for less than that from people that are supposed to be committed to you. Don't give less than that to people that you're supposed to be committed to. Because commitment is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. It's two people giving themselves fully to the, to, the, to the betterment and the well-being of the other. Your spouse and your very closest friends have to mirror this kind of verse. They have to mirror this biblical definition of love. Not that they're all going to do them perfectly, because nobody does it all perfectly, but their heart is to do them perfectly. And that's more important than their actions. It's that their heart wants to do it right. Their heart is committed to you. Their heart is for your well-being. Their heart is willing to give you all that they have. And so again, listen. How do we bring people into that holy place of life? Who, who belongs in that inner circle? And so I kind of gave you a graphic a couple of weeks ago, or started with a graphic a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the qualification level. We talked about two connection points that make someone qualified. to to move into that inner circle. And the first we talked about was a spiritual connection. Spiritual connection, hear me today, is the solid foundation of any relationship. Spiritual connection is the solid foundation of any lasting, meaningful, good relationship. If there is not a spiritual basis in that relationship, that relationship is built on faulty soil, shifting sand. Any lasting, meaningful relationship is going to be built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Thank you for one amen to that. Listen, I'm telling you today, you can't have a relationship that means anything if it's not built on a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can try any way you want to. You can try to fabricate it and make it any way you want. But I'm telling you, it will not last without Christ in the middle of it. It doesn't matter what E Harmony says. It doesn't matter what you find out on Farmers Only. It doesn't matter any of those places. I'm telling you this morning the Word of God says that it's Jesus first. And if you don't have Him as your foundation, you don't have anything. I'm trying to preach some lost people in the house this morning. I'm telling you this morning that if you don't have your relationship with God right, there is nothing in this life that's going to matter to you and have any significance because it's built on the wrong thing. And so when you're talking about deep relationships, the spiritual foundation has to be first and foremost. We have got accustomed to building things on surface surface materials. And those things do not weather storms. It's not a mystery to me why we have over 50% divorce rate in our country. It's not a mystery to me why we have over a 50% divorce rate in the church. Because even the church builds a relationship not on the foundation of Jesus Christ and the principles of the Word. They build it on all this other junk that really doesn't matter. And when she wakes up in the morning and she's got crust in her eye and she looks nasty and you look over there and you say, Oh my God, I married that. No, no. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that doesn't matter because it's built on something eternal and something that is foundational that will last. Amen. Listen to me this morning when I tell you it doesn't matter who you are, you will be influenced either positively or negatively by anyone. Somebody say, anyone. Anyone you let into your holy place, whether they're your spouse or your friendship friends, if you let them in your holy place, they are influencers. In your life. You've given them permission to be influencers in your life. And they're either influencing you positively or negatively. We are not dating to save. We are not in deep friendships with people who are not committed to Christ at the same level we are committed to Christ. Pastor, you saying we shouldn't be friends with lost people? No, I didn't say that. I said we shouldn't be in deep relationships with lost people. But you better be friends with lost people. They need somebody to reach out to them and save them. But you have got to be in deep relationships with deep people that share your values and share your purpose and share your eternal destination. Listen, you cannot transgress this principle and not be affected. I'm telling you. You cannot transgress this principle and not have it affect your life. But pastor, I'm married to someone who's unbelieving. I'm married to an unbelieving spouse. Are you saying that I should divorce them? No. Not at all. I'm not saying that at all. Absolutely not. What I'm saying to you that the correction needs to be made now for the relationship to be the way God intended. So for you, what you have to do is you have to make salvation of that spouse your top priority. you got to pray, pray, pray. you got to enlist some brothers and sisters who will help you pray, pray, pray for them. Because you can't have the kind of relationship that you're truly meant to have if they're not saved and on the same spiritual foundation that you were on. Now for everybody else in the room, you're not married, you have friendships. Listen, you're easy to, it's easy to make this correction. Because you're not bound by covenant. So make the correction in your life. It's as simple as choosing the right relationship. Somebody in the house needs to hear this this morning. You're hanging around with the wrong people. And I'm telling you, you can't hang around with the wrong people and let them influence you and not have affect your life in a positive or negative way. And if it's the wrong people, it's always going to affect you in a negative way. The second point of connection in the qualification level is social connection. We talked about sharing likes and dislikes, social settings that, being in social settings that you both enjoy having common social goals and so forth, enjoying being around the same people and, and doing things together. Here's the main thing here in this part is that you're not in a relationship with people who completely try to control you in a social setting. They, they only want you to be their friend. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You know, anytime you hang out with somebody else, they're like, why are we hanging out with them? not hanging out with me. Listen, that's controlling. That's weird. Space. I need some space here. Back it up a little bit. And so that's what I'm talking about. The only They only want you to be their friend. They're always trying to dictate what you do together. And they're trying to control the social setting. That's not a social connecti- connection. That's a social domination. That's not what you want. It, it's a partnership. Everything's a partnership. And so today as I get into the, the validation level next, we're talking about moving toward deep intimacy. And this is what I call... The validation level. To validate is to give credence to or to authenticate the genuineness of the relationship. I'll say that again. To validate means I give credence to. It means I authenticate the genuineness of the relationship. The next two connection points are ways that tell and show us the validity of. Of the relationship. In other words, it gives me the opportunity to answer the question Do I have a valid relationship or is it just built on false ideas and false? Is this a real thing or not? So the next place of connection is mental connection. Mental connection is where we operate kind of on a similar wavelength, we comprehend life at the same general level. We are mentally compatible. We can carry on a conversation, in other words, without rolling our eyes at the other one. And whether you've done it in the physical or not, you've done it mentally. Oh, my goodness. Why does that matter? Pastor, why why would that matter? Seriously? Why, Why does it matter that I think... This guy that I'm dating is a ding dong and he just doesn't have the faculties. As long as he's got a job, does that really matter? Yes, it matters. And here I'm going to tell you why it matters. Because it matters because utmost respect is crucial to a deep relationship. Utmost respect is crucial to a deep relationship. If I think that the person I'm in a relationship is a moron, I cannot respect them like they need to be respected to have a deep relationship with me. Amen? I, in other words, if, I, if, I, if I've got a close friend and, and the whole time I'm with them, I'm thinking, this guy's lost it. He's just not there. I mean, I'm trying to talk about the stars and the skies and the nature around me, and this guy's just trying to remember to breathe every five minutes, you know what I mean? I mean that's not a mental connection. It, you can't have a lasting, respectful relationship because relationship's built on mutual respect i got to respect the other person. they got to respect me back. And so if that's not there, then there's a problem. And so the mental connection is important. Listen, if we don't have that, this is what happens. Dismissal. I just dismiss what they say. I I refuse to consider their point of view. I don't even listen to their point of view. Uh, And that results in a lack of communication. It It results in disrespect. It results in disagreement on direction or decisions, all of it can ultimately be devastating to a relationship. If there's no mental connection, if we can't have some kind of conversation, because do you know that marriage and friendships and all of that are built largely on communication? And that if you don't have communication with that person, that you're not going to have any kind of long-lasting, real meaningful relationship. I'm not saying that you can't cohabitate You know, you can be spouses and you can live in the same house together. But if you can't connect with each other, then there's going to be issues and there's going to be difficulties. It will be problematic. I hate seeing men talk down to their wives. Ladies, that's a great place to say amen. I hate seeing wives talk down to their husbands. All right, that's, that's pretty good. I hate it because they here's what happens because they think the other one is not as smart as they are that that's disrespect That is openly communicated disrespect. And that is problematic in the relationship. It is degrading and it is humiliating. And there's not a time that we haven't done that to our spouse or we haven't done that to a friend. We all do that. But if it is an ongoing uh, way of just communicating with each other or expressing our, our relationship in public, it is not healthy and that is not good. And some of you that are not married and you have friends like that, you're better than that. You deserve more respect than that. It is degrading and it is humiliating. If you can't respect the person, whether they're your friend, someone you're dating, or someone you're married to, that is a problem and it has to be addressed. I have seen more times than I wished, I have seen preachers from the pulpit degrade wives as a point in a sermon. That's not okay. That's disrespectful. If you don't have mutual respect for one's thoughts and ideas, you are lacking the mental connection. Now, you can get it. You can ask God to help you. You can find places where you do connect. Listen, I'm teaching you this because it's great for you building relationships, but if you're already in a relationship, for instance, if you're already married to someone, look, this gives you foundation to work on. It gives you places to rebuild And so many of you will look at this and you'll say, Oh my goodness, mine's a mess. Well, I understand that. And so let's fix it. God is able to redeem anything and everything. And He can redeem a broken, fractured, uh, dismantled relationship. And He will if you'll commit it into His hands. But it takes Him to make it work on the beginning side. It takes Him to make it work in the middle. And it takes Him to work it all the way to the end. It takes God. So the next point of connection that I want to talk to you about today in the validation level is emotional connection. Emotional connection. Notice that we have not talked about emotions until now. Why is that? Because this reason. Because emotions override logic and rationale every time. Emotions convolute the truth and they limit our ability to see clearly The truth around us. Most people, most people engage their emotions immediately and they set themselves up for trouble. And here's why. Because they ignore any warning signs along the way because it is all about how they feel. Feelings are not always going to be there in a long-term relationship. There's going to be days when you don't feel it. But your commitment should sustain you regardless of how you feel. And if you're built on good foundation, the spiritual will determine that you stay strong and steady, even though the emotions say run, run, run. Anybody been married any length of time, if you're honest, there's been days when you wake up and the first feeling you have is, oh my goodness, I gotta go. <laughs> you're lying if you don't tell, if you don't admit that. Because it's the truth. Everybody goes through that. In your friendships, your deep friendships, there's going to be times when you think, hey, she's not worth it. Don't let feelings dictate what, does, what happens in your life. And so the emotional connection is important. Emotions are important. Feelings are important in a relationship. I'm not saying they're not. They're vital to a relationship. You have to have some feelings. If at some point I don't have feelings toward my closest friends or my spouse or the person I'm dating, there's something wrong in the relationship and I need to reevaluate that and there needs to be something done. But it has to be built on a firmer foundation than just emotions. After a foundation of spiritual, social, and mental are established, now it's time to build on an emotional connection. Those others have to be established first because if you start with emotional intimacy, if you start with emotional intimacy, you ignore disrespect, you ignore the lack of spirituality, you will ignore those things that are problematic later on. Don't believe me? I've seen it. Hundreds and hundreds of times. That person's disrespectful to you. Why do you, oh, they don't mean anything by that. Why, you know why they say that? Because they're already emotionally tied to the person. They're not being clearly, they're not clearly seeing what's going around because they've invested their heart into the thing before they've allowed God to build the right foundation in the situation. It will become major issues later. Emotional connection is when I start to be knit at the heart with the other person. I feel how they feel. I'm sad when they're sad. I'm happy when they're happy, On and so forth. I have truly given my heart to that person. And that's why intimacy is birthed in this validation level because you're connecting mentally and then you're connecting at the heart. The validation... Level, mental connection, emotional connection is where the intimacy is burred. And so it's really where we start to grow together. It's where we start to become one. It's where we start to really connect uh, heart, mind, soul, body. All of those kind of things start to come together. And then the last level that I want to talk to you about today is the unification level. It is God's intent that you are one with your spouse and that you are one with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you want to, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2 and then also John chapter 17. I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture here to you from those two places. Genesis chapter 2, John chapter 17. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. I'm going to come back to verse 25 and talk about that in just a moment. John 17, 23 says, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. The prayer, the last prayer of Christ Jesus is that the brothers and sisters in Christ would operate as one. And so it's important to God. His intent is that you're one with your spouse, Genesis 2. 24, and that you're one with your brothers and sisters, John 17, 23. The unification level is about us becoming truly one with the people in our holy place, those people that are closest to us. One with your spouse, one with your closest friends. And here is the key to knowing if you are one with someone or you're not. Genesis 2:24 says again, Therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Verse 25, and they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were both naked and not ashamed. They weren't afraid to be who they were when they were together. Now how that translates to us is this. If you have to hide part of who you are with the person, with the person that you're in a relationship with, then you're not truly one with them. They have to love you for who you are and you have to love them for who they are. Flaws and all. And so, true deep friendships are people that are honest and open with one another. They're vulnerable to one another. A marriage has to be built on vulnerability and honesty and truthfulness and not on hiding or, or deceit or any of those things. And so, I've I've counseled with couples uh, many times in, in, in uh ministry and and prayed with couples many times in ministry and they have so many hidden places in their life that their spouse does not know anything about and they wonder why they're having problems i'm telling you why you're not one with your spouse you're not being honest with them you're not coming clean with them you're not telling the truth about who you are you have no advocate to fight for you there's no one in the war with you and so you're all out there by yourself and you're wondering why you're flailing it's because there is you're hiding things you're keeping things to yourself that you need to bring to light. Glory. You cannot hide part of yourself from your spouse and expect to be one with them. But pastor, if I told them, you don't know what would happen. No, I don't know what would I don't. But God knows what would happen. And God could fix, He can only fix and work on what is brought to light. God will never touch a dark place in your life that you don't allow Him access to. He will allow it to remain hidden. He will allow it to fracture your relationship. He will let your will override His desire. And so your will has to get out of the way and allow God to come and bring light to those areas. There's only way healing is ever going to come is if you allow the truth of God to be expressed in those dark places in your life. Now the last point of connection is the physical. And listen, I just want to say this. It's a shame that I have to say this. But it is for spouses only. The physical is the last level of relationship. Not the first, not the middle, but the last level of relationship. And it is always preceded by covenant. The covenant is marriage. You are the daughter of a king this morning. And you are not to give yourself to someone who has not pledged his life through marriage to you. Sir, amen, you are the son of a king and you are to honor yourself and those around you with high regard. Physical connection demands covenant agreement. Well, that's old-fashioned, Pastor. No, it's God-fashioned. It's God's ways of doing things. God knows better than you and I about how things are to operate and how things are to be put in place. And He put this order in place and He said if you want to be physically intimate, if you want to have sexual relations with someone, you have to be committed to them in marriage. Thank you for that one clap. I appreciate it. I'm going to preach it whether you like it or not this morning. Marriage is the qualifier. There are no friends with benefits for the person who is committed to Christ Jesus. Your spouse is the only one that should ever cross the threshold of physical intimacy. That's it. That's it. God established an order for your protection and for your provision. If you're not committed to one another at the level of a willingness to put a ring on one finger, then you should not be having sex. Pastor, I can't believe you're talking about this in church. Where in the world would you like me to talk about it? We have kept our mouths shut so long... And we've let the culture around us dictate the the climate around us. And because of that, we have a bunch of people in church that are not married, having sex with each other, living in sin. And the Bible still calls it fornication, it still calls it sexual immorality. And it still will cause you havoc and trouble in your life. I'm not telling you to be religious. I'm not telling you because I want to bring condemnation on you. I'm telling you to bring you to revelation of truth and freedom in Jesus Christ. You want the right man in your life? Then save yourself for the right man. You want the right woman in your life? Then make sure that you wait until the time is right and you put a ring on her finger and you make her the right woman. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Sex before marriage is a tie that binds and it is a tie that blinds. It will completely skew your perception about the other person. A physical connection is based on two people who give themselves fully to one another and two people that highly regard and honor the other person physically. Another thing that you have to understand concerning This is that a sexual relationship is always more spiritual than it is physical. It's more spiritual than it is physical. When you are in a sexual relationship with someone, you are giving your body to theirs. But more than that, you are giving your spirit to theirs. And here's the the awful truth that we have to deal with in the room for many of us is that anyone you have been intimate with in the past, in that way, you are also tied to them spiritually. The only way to break that spiritual tie is through prayer and through a deep work of the Holy Spirit. Now God can break it and He will break it. But if you've never addressed the issue, then you have soul ties with people. And it is affecting your life even today in ways that you cannot even begin to comprehend. God has to break those ties in your life. God has to break those, those binds because He meant for marriage and He especially meant for sexual intimacy to be a tie that binds us together in spirit and in body. And so He made it that way so that unity could come and unity could be a part of that. But if you don't break that because of sin in your past or because of misunderstanding or not even understanding how God's ways work... That's fine. Get it under the blood. Ask God to break those and pray and let God do a deep work to break those ties in your life. Otherwise, what you do is you carry that last person into your next relationship. And then you carry that person into your next relationship. And before long, you got a whole bunch of people in a relationship that's supposed to be about two people and God. And you can't understand why it seems to affect everything around you. That's good preaching. And I'm just trying to help you this morning because it's things that need to be addressed. I'm sick of the culture dictating the way the church operates. The church needs to be dictating the way culture operates, somebody. Those things can be broken. Impurity can be reestablished in your life. But the key to avoid the entrapment uh, is to avoid the entrapment in the first place. You've got to avoid the entrapment of the enemy, the plans of the enemy, the traps of the enemy to begin with. Don't let Him create havoc in your life because you refuse the ways of God and embrace the ways of culture. I want to read to you a few passages of Scripture quickly this morning. First Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Let me just define for you sexual immorality. Anything sexual in nature outside of the context of marriage, the canopy of marriage, is sexual immorality. Verse 5, Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of, defraud his brother in this manner, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanliness, but He called us to holiness. Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us His Holy Spirit. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which belong to God. You deserve better than to be tied to someone who is not committed to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. So many people in our culture start this process with physical or emotional connection and that builds the relationship on weak foundation. It can never stand the test of time or the storms of life on a weak foundation. It will not last. Go to that next graphic for just a minute. This is what it looks like when you build your relationship upside down. This is not going to stand. This is not enough foundation To stand the test of time. You need a firmer foundation than that. And people today, this is the way they build most of their relationships. They either start with the emotional or they start with the physical. And they build it on weak foundation that cannot weather any kind of storm. And the first time she doesn't look all that good or he doesn't smell all that great, it's like I'm moving on to somebody else. Instead of staying steady and faithful because there's something deeper there to hold you in place. For a The second thing I want to say to you here in this is that for a relationship to truly be, to be what it is intended to be, it is always about two people growing toward God as they grow toward each other. If you build it this way, go back. If you build it this way, what are you doing? You're growing away from each other and away from God. But if you build it the other way, you're growing toward God and you're growing toward each other in the process. Don't build it the wrong way. Build it the right way. And at the end what you'll find is you've got two people that have grown toward God in their relationship and they are one because they are one with God and they are one with each other. Morgan, would you come? Pastor, why aren't you teaching this? I'm teaching this because I want you to experience the plan and purpose God has for you. That's why I'm teaching it. That's why I'm preaching it. His ways are good and His ways bring the absolute best for you. When I say to you, I believe everybody in this room deserves the very best, I'm not just saying, that's not just good preaching. I mean that. And so I'm saying that to you, and I'm preaching this because I believe that that is the truth. And I believe that every one of us in this place deserve to have people in our lives that truly love us for who we are, flaws and all. And so let's build this the right way. Let's build this the right way. Sin promises much. And leaves destruction in its pathway. It never delivers. It never delivers. God leads us to the very best that we can have. And His ways will always take us there. Don't settle for less than God's best for your life. You deserve to have people who respect you and love you. You deserve to have people that are committed to you. You you deserve to have people that you love and respect in your life. Your holy place place relationships have to be built. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 17 If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river... Please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Berkman, Texas. And as always, we encourage you oh, my to come experience life with us after Till I found myself face down on your shore, you say, Come to me.